महान
and become attracted to their own temporary beauty. So Prabhupada says here, just send us the translation that you know this thing is like a young low class couple. Why young? We will talk about that. Because normally we say you know, that there is the life of being with the life is condemned. When husband and wife are attached to each other and together they are attached to the family is generally you know, not the way of living. But here the example given by Sudhya Goswami that Prabhupada expands on is about the young couple. So why young couple? Why not old couple? <laughs> so we talk about that and remind me if I forget this. This kind of greatness is appreciated only by low class men with no qualifications. Now the solution. Everyone should therefore seek the shelter of the Supreme Soul, the source of all living entities. No one should waste his time in the so called happiness of materialistic household life. In the Vedic civilization, this type of crippled life is allowed only until one's 50th year, year, when one must give up the family life and enter either the world of Manaprasta, independent, retirement, life, focal division, spiritual knowledge, or sannyas, the renounced order in which one is completely, in which one completely takes shelter of the Supreme Personality of Prabhupada also says here that one must, this type of crippled life is allowed. Crippled life. The household life, Prabhupada says, crippled life. Pretty strong actually, yes. that we saw as we were reading and unfolding and taking the pastimes of King Vyavata. 
Ramadan. Wasfiru lah Nizam. Then we talked about Agnidara. Uh, this name might no? uh, ring a bell. Then we talked about Agnidara. Then we talked about King Navi. Then we talked about King Rishabdev. No? Lord Rishabdev himself. Then we talked about Bharat. Then we talked about Bharat Maharaj. And he came to take his young Bharat. Then we talked about King Gaya. And that was the last, almost the last personality that we saw in that particular episode of Bhagavad. So all the beautiful, amazing pastimes you know, of all those different different exalted devotees in that dynasty. Part B of Kendo 2 is about the geographical creation. The question that Parikshit Maharajas asked when Sukhdev Goswami was talking about the dynasty of King Devata, one of the things that, not one of the things, Maharaj Parikshit registered everything. <laughs> he didn't need any external hardware, you know, so he was absorbing everything. We were waiting. One of the things that he has picked up is that also the Goswami, you said that Priyamantra traversed the entire creation hmm? and his chariot made different different marks in different different regions. So can you please tell me about all those different you know, creation and where did King Priyamantra go you know, on his chariot and all that thing. So that leads Sukhdev Goswami to talk about the second section of Bhagavata, which is all about the geographical locations, arrangements, the Bhūmandala, the, the, the Bharatvarsha, the Mūdhīpā, all those things. Now, to be honest, no, I don't understand all the things fully. It's too complicated, the whole structure. So we just hope one day no, we are able to go to the temple of Vedic Planetarium and then see exactly how these things are exhibited. Prabhupāda gave us some ideas about the, you know, the chandelier and how these things came. So when you read this Bhagavatam, these things start coming to mind, you know, that how all these things is arranged. Very, very technical, you know. But what we will do, we will just understand how this text fits in this context and then just explain on that, yeah. So, in response to that question, Sukhya Goswami says that, and I have to refer to my notes because I don't know this often, what Sukhya Goswami says that the Bhumandala, which is the creation, is divided into seven islands. And those seven islands resemble a lotus flower with seven different petals. So that's our Bhumandala, which resembles a lotus flower with seven different petals. So that's the Bhumandala. The Bhumandala has got nine different varshas. Now varshas are like the, the divisions of rain. So there's Bhumandala with, sorry, not nine, with seven different islands. No? Seven different islands, which is the seven different petals. What are these seven different islands? I'll leave it daily out. Jambu Dvipa, Palaksha Dvipa, Salmali Dvipa, Kusha Dvipa, Karunacha Dvipa, Saka Dvipa, and Pushkara Dvipa. So those are your seven Dvipas. Now within each Dvipa, there are different, different subdivisions, Varshas. And at the moment we are zooming into Jambu Dvipa, which has got nine Varshas. And what are the nine verses? The Ilavita Varsha, Hari Varsha, Kuru Varsha, Hiranmaya Varsha, Ramayaka Varsha, Ketumala Varsha, Bharatswa Varsha, Kim Purusha Varsha, and Bharat Varsha. Then what we know, so let's just talk about these verses for now. How many verses are there? Nine. And seven papers, nine verses. Bhumanta is seven papers, nine verses. In the nine verses, what this section of Bhagavatam does from the second half of the last chapter, which was 17, till the first half of the next chapter, which is 19, is talking about prayers from individual personalities in each of these verses. 
So therefore there are nine verses and there will be nine prayers. Is it? In chapter 17, in the last chapter, we saw the first prayer from Lord Shiva to the presiding deity of that Vasha, who was Lord Sankarsha. So we saw that at the back end of the last chapter, chapter 17. And in the next chapter, chapter 19, we will see, I think there was one or two, let me just check, there will be two more prayers. So two in the next chapter, one in the last chapter, so that's three. Therefore, in this chapter, there has to be five prayers, is it? Hmm? So far in this chapter, we have seen, or we have seen, the second prayer, which is the first prayer in this chapter, is the prayer from Maharaj Parish, uh, from Parishit Maharaj to Narshimadev. Sorry, from Pralhat Maharaj, sorry, from Pralhat Maharaj to Narshimadev. And we have been seeing this in the last seven or eight verses, this particular prayer coming on. So what was the prayer? Let's simply just recap the prayer. What did he, what did uh, Pralhat Maharaj say? To Narshimadev, and today we are at the second last verse of Prahlad Maharaj's prayer to Narshimadev. Mm-hmm. And tomorrow we will conclude with the prayer we were speaking tomorrow. So, what have we seen so far? In verse number 8, we started with Prahlad Maharaj paying his obeisances to Maharaj or to Narshimadev. Now, this is, I could be incorrect here, but just as I am studying Bhagavatam, I have noticed. And that helps me as well in my understanding and comprehension of Bhagavatam. Whenever there are prayers offered by exalted devotees, there are three, there are at least, that's why I say I stand corrected, because I've seen there are at least three aspects of the prayer. And those three aspects can be in any particular order. One, there will be, of course, obeisances in the prayer. Two, there will be glorification. No? Whoever the prayer is, that is not the Vishnu Dharma, so there will be glorification. And third will be the benediction of what they want in the prayer. So obeisances, glorification and benediction. And it could be either way around. It could be benediction, glorification. Generally actually starts with obeisances. But sometimes it ends with obeisances. So. And then the benediction. The benediction will of course not be anything material. The benediction, when the prayers are by the pure devotees, will of course always be, uh, whatever they request, will be always spiritual. And definitely you know, something that can help the, the person who is praying to intensify his Krishna consciousness and as well as the intensification of the Krishna consciousness of the general populace. So here what has happened in Pralhat Maharaj's prayer, it starts with base age which is the obeisances. In 9, this is all we have already seen here in the last week or so. In verse 9, he talked about that let everybody be known envious so that they can start practicing bhakti yoga. We should not be envious. In text 10, he said that let everybody have attachment to the devotees. Why attachment to the devotees? Because when we, are, when we have attachment to the devotees, then what will come out of that is Krishna Tatha. Because three things are required for a good discussion a good speaker who is a devotee, a good hearer who is a devotee, and the content should be Krishna Tatha. Three elements are required. Because if we can have two devotees talking about Brahma Katha, <laughs> then that's not beneficial. So although it's the, the speaker is devotee and the ear is devotee, but if the Katha is about coronavirus, okay, sometimes it's useful to discuss all what's happening in the world, but if it's totally non-devotional, and if it's just definitely anti-devotional, then it's that Katha is useless, yeah, in one sense. So three elements are required. So here Bhagavad Gita, why do I keep saying? I have to say, I'm getting confused with the So, Prahlad Maharaj is saying that let me have attachment to the devotees so that they can be Krishna. Katha. That's what he's saying. 
And when Krishna Kata is there, then he is saying in text number 11 that healing will lead to purification. Healing will lead to purification. Now this we know. This we know from Bhagavad Gita, Krishna is a Tachrono, we have seen so many places in Bhagavad Gita. You know that healing Krishna Kata means to intensification of our Krishna consciousness. Healing itself can be Purified, hearing and checking, yeah, checking Lotus like power, you know, that we can develop for the Lord. Three, Pravishtakana Randarena Swanamhava Saroruham Dhunoti Samadhani Krishna. Then when Krishna enters our ear, goes straight into the heart, and then starts Dhunoti, then starts cleaning our heart, cleansing us, you know, Anartham Ibriti happens. And then we get Mr. and all those other stages of devotional service. So that is the beauty of healing. And then recently I am studying this for my examples, so I'll go this place as well. Kastyupnaya dirtha pado vidana satreshu vasura dhirindya mana Yakarna nadim purushasya yato bhavapadangi heratim chinati So Kastyupnaya dirtha pado vidana satreshu vasura dhirindya mana Yakarna nadim purushasya yato When Krishna Tatha enters through the ear holes, Vidudar is saying, to Mithrayamuni, when it enters our ear holes, then we get satisfied. There is no satiation in Krishna Tata. There is satisfaction, there is no satiation. We want more and more. So this is what we are seeing here, the importance of healing. Then in text number 12 yesterday, which uh, Adityashabha was talking uh, about healing, you know, we saw that the good qualities, Prahlad Maharaj is talking about the good qualities you know, that manifest in devotees when we are in devotee association and hearing Krishna Tata, then all the good qualities manifest in us that are found in the demigods and perhaps much more. But now that the question becomes, and also there yesterday he said that you know that the non-devotees have no good qualities, which means that they are, even if they have some good qualities, contrary speaking, it is temporary in nature. It will eventually come to a cessation. So then the question becomes that's text number 12, and now we are coming into taking. Yeah? So 12 was okay, so there are good qualities in devotees, which you know resembles those of the demigods. But what about those householders who may be educated, who may even have Shastri knowledge, but who are not devote, who are not devotees, who are not devote, who are not doing devotional service, they are not taking shelter of the lotus feet of the Lord. What is their situation? This could be a question after looking at yesterday's prayer. This could be the question. What is their situation of those grihasthas who are educated even shastrically but are not doing any devotional service? So then Prahlad Maharaj is saying that their situation is that there may be so-called greatness in their, in their position. There may be great, not so-called greatness. But that greatness is of no use unless it's connected with Hari. Just as, just as the, the crocodile may be very great, very, very powerful, but it is powerless when it is outside the water. Now, you see the connection from yesterday to today? So just as the crocodile can be very powerful, but it is powerless outside the water, Rajendra Master, 
Similarly, a householder, he may be very wealthy, very well educated, may know no scriptures, uh, may be very prestigious, may be opulent in the society, but their greatness is of no use because it is not connected to Krishna. Their greatness is of no use. And then tomorrow, which will be the last prayer from Allah Maharaj, he will say that, given all this, let us surrender to Lord Narasimha then. And that's how we will conclude, yeah? So that's taking the scene. So it took a while. But I kind of just wanted to share this. Now, how does it all fit in? So now we'll talk about Prahlad Maharaj a little bit. What I wanted to talk to you about him is that if you look at Prahlad Maharaj's bhakti to Rajima and those beautiful prayers here, and more prayers in Kekulai, of course, you know, very, very famous prayers. His, his bhakti is almost inconceivable to us. The atrocities that he has to go through just to chant Hare Krishna is mind-boggling, you know. With, 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 the, with the pain that was inflicted on him by his own biological father is beyond comprehension. So both these incomprehensible in Prahlad Maharaj's past, uh, in, uh, in uh, Prahlad's past life. One, his biological fa- father is hell-bent on killing his own son. Just, we look at this at the moment, you know, we are all going through the pandemic and, and everybody is talking about saving lives, not saving lives. Of course, the definition of saving lives given by the modern uh, man is different from our definition of saving life. When they talk about saving life, they talk about that the, that the person should not die, which is of course virtuous, no? trying to save somebody's life. Our definition, very definition of saving life is not only not dying, but make sure that this is our last life. You know? Or at least saving life means connecting the jiva to the Paramatma, no? to the Super Soul, to the, to the Bhagavan. Getting the, the jiva to the Bhakti platform is actually saving life. Otherwise, the jiva is flapping and suffering you know, outside the world. So anyway, the, 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 the key is the same, that both are trying to save lives. But here, and parents will always be very, very concerned about their child. You know? If the child is in some danger, or if the child is outside the sight of the father, especially mother, then the parents, when the, when the child is small, the parents start getting very you know, edgy and nervous to say, is my child safe? So all the effort you can make to save the child, or to make sure to save, but to protect the child. But here we see something that is diametrically opposite. The father is making all the arrangements, throwing in all the resources, throwing in all the materials, all the labor, to make sure that the son is dead. That is inconceivable. How can you know, the father be so bad to death extreme of not making all the arrangements to kill his own son? Now, equally on the other side, Prahlad Maharaj is, no matter what the situation, no, I will be devoted to the Lord. Nothing can take me away from the devotion. So much of testing that he has to go through, and he keeps passing each of them. Personally speaking, I might not, <laughs> no, I will probably give up to this one. So much of adversities, if it's in your own house, what we speak about outside, then, no, uh, Many people will probably give up. But so much of inspiration that we can gain from this Pranab Maharaj Master of continuing to take that extra step. So much of deep, inconceivable faith that he has in the protection from the Lord that nothing cares. No? And of course, we were not there when 
Prahlad Maharaj was there, so it took a little bit more too far out for us. But definitely it was replayed to us by Shri Prabhupada. All those things that he went through, you know, in the Bauri and New York, you know, living with the druggist and all that. When, again, personally speaking, when I went to Dominic Square Park, and that was only like maybe four years ago, five years ago, when I, you know, all the joy about, you know, I'm in New York, you know, and my first uh, exploration is you know, where Shri Prabhupada went, so I was following the Lilandita, where the Prabhupada lived, you know, that uh, means the. the Master Seed and then walking all those streets exactly to Tompkins Square Park. So I was just so excited to say, you know, then I'll see the park and it will be very, you know, beautiful and there will be, you know, hopefully I can get some flashback of how Prabhupada had been sitting and playing that Vedanta. That was one side of the remember? There was no Vedanta, so Prabhupada was playing on a drum, there was only one side and asking, you know, his apples to dance and all that. So, but when I entered the park, going behold, what I saw is Ravis. And Tompkins Square Park is like, you know, there are two entrances to it now. Previously, of course, for the first time it was all released. But now, there's like a good part and a bad part of the park, you know. So the good part, good part is when, you know, there are families, the children playing and all those kind of things that we see in the parks in other. But one side of it was still, you know, those junkies, you know, that they call the hippies. They are still sitting there, you know, and then just, my goodness, mostly naked and and you know, just sleeping there with tents and all that and you can just smell the drug in the air. Like it's so bad. And I would see it. <laughs> this is 15 years after Prabhupada has left and crossed that area. And I'm talking, it's like, oh my God, run for your life. <laughs> Where is the tree that you know, Prabhupada said I'm going to see the best Harinam in the US now? I'm looking for the tree but I'm just so scared. But Prabhupada was fearless. At that time there was nothing. But he was fearless. So this is all inconceivable. How can they, you know, I mean, we know the philosophy, but to, to, to act this is another thing. So anyway, we came out of the park and then went around and then entered the park again, you know, from the, from the right side, when it was all more serene and, 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 and much more peaceful. So then, you know, of course, there is the tree and all that thing. And there is that placard on the tree that says, I see Bhakti Nanda Swamishwara Bhuvat sat under this tree now. So that's, that's just amazing, amazing experience. Right? So anyway, so Prahlad Maharaj's devotion is inconceivable, you know, that, uh, that he can do all that, notwithstanding all the pressure. Now, Narasimha Dev, so when Prahlad Maharaj, of course, appears to protect, Narasimha Dev appears to protect Prahlad Maharaj, Prabhupada gave us this Narasimha prayer. So I just wanted to talk about the prayers for in terms of just sing it together and, and let's understand the meaning uh, and it will benefit us. Uh, sometimes when we sing things, we don't realize what the meaning is, so maybe just as a refresher. I know all of us know it, but just as a refresher, what does it mean? So Namaste, Narashim Maya. Again, I said prayers generally have three components, Dandavats, Glorification and Meditation. So we will see what this prayer, uh, at least some parts of it will be there. So Namaste, Nama means always obeisance. Namaste Narashim Hari. I'm paying obeisances to Narashim Hari. Prahlad Alad Dhaine. So Dhaine means not to give. Prahlad is of course Prahlad. And Prahlad Alad. Alad means Shakti is basically. Now there is the pleasure potency. So Alad means to give pleasure. So Narashim Hari comes to give pleasure to Prahlad Maharaj. So Prahlad Alad Dhaine. Then Narashim Hari I'll pay obeisances unto him who gives pleasure to Prahlad Maharaj. Pranadana Dainat. 
Dalita is to tear about him, to fiercely tear him. Dalita is not a shepherd to Tanu Ninga. Tanu is our body, it's a Tanu now. In this world, Tanu is our body. So that beautiful fingernails of the Lord is like lotus, which can also be as equally hard as a chisel, the store apart the body of Narasimha, uh, of Hina uh, Krishna. Very easy to store, just with the fingernails. Nothing else was required. No guns, no bow, no arrow, no gada, nothing, no chakra, no nothing, just fingernails is enough. And why Vinga is like the, the wasp, wasp, no, like a small insect. If you have a small insect, then if you want to kill, of course they would be all kill the insect. But if somebody wants to kill a small insect, how much effort is it required? Do you need a gun to shoot? Do you need bow and arrow? Do you need, you know, mask? Nothing is required. You just, people will just get the insect between their fingers and then just tear it apart. So that's how easily Narasimha Dev is tearing apart. Keshava Devita Narahari Rupa So he is Nara and Hari Narasimha Devi is half line, half man Full goal Half line, half man, but full goal Tava Sarata Mala Varela Tamadudde Shinga Narita Hiranya Kashipu Tanu Jinga Keshava Devita Narahari Rupa Jai Jagadish So now we glorify Jai Jagadish is glorified Glorified Jai Jagadish So three things again in this place There is Dunbars, there is Dimension uh, there is uh, there is Sharnabhati, there is glorification, a lot of things are there. Okay, so, Prabhupada talks about Bhakti is the solution in his book. I'll talk about that in the next book, yeah? I'll take some questions. So, Prabhupada talks about Bhakti is the solution. We see that, and, and Prabhupada talks about the, uh, the, the young couple. The young couple who has been newly married, they may have all the opponents, but their greatness is of nothing unless it is connected to the Lord. And we see this now, because in the modern times, a lot of effort goes into increasing our standard of living. People want to have a better standard of living. All those uh, sophisticated gadgets are coming out, you know, equipments are coming out, houses are also becoming very sophisticated. Just that we can have our standard, just that they measure the standard of living. Uh, sporty cars. Cars, purpose is to take us from destination A to destination B. But it has to be sports cars, you know, with mag wheels and those mufflers, you know, exhaust that will make all those squeaky sound and all that. So all these things are being glamorized, just that people can buy it and they think that these things can make people happy. Gadgets, you know, different, different gadgets. Uh, I had a friend, you know, who who was saying you know, uh, that he, this is in my office, that he's got a, <laughs> he's got a bed which has got aquarium on top of it. I just didn't know that there can be beds with aquarium on top of it. So, you know, there's all that sound coming and then the fishes are roaming around. And I got really intrigued. Not that I was interested. I don't even have space for the bed in the house. No, my house is so small. What we speak about is having a bed with an aquarium. So then I googled, you know, beds with aquarium. And I googled it, why? You try to google it here, you can't find it. My goodness, the type of beds that are there with aquarium. There's one bed also, it's like micro aquarium only. It's like there's water under the bed, water under the side, water on the arms of the bed, and then water on the top, and then the bed goes like this. It's not like that caravan bed, which has got canopy on top, 
So it's like almost like the entire thing is like made of glass and, and water and all these equities, chasana, remember? Feel like that. All these equities are going through that bed and then he's sleeping. Hopefully he's sleeping in that bed. It's that bed of sleeping. <laughs> what do you think will be his destination in his next life? <laughs> I think we can be all very certain what life he will get in his next body. You know? pretty, com- pretty confident. You ask uh, Bhakta Prahlad, the student in, uh, you know, in uh, Yama Dinamadari's class, even he will get what is the distribution of this particular materialistic person. So all these sophistications are there. Remote control. You press it, the garage opens, you press it, you know, then the vacuum cleaner starts waiting, you press, everything is just pressure, you know, you just press the button and things start waiting. And when we don't want to walk or talk, then we, uh, we don't, don't want to walk or press, then you just say it, you know, and then Siri will say something. Hey Siri, what is the weather today? Oh, it's 18 degrees. Would you like some more information about today? So everything is a source of standard now. So it's standard of living. But whatever, it's still just that there is not the standard of living that matters. It's the standard of life that matters. It's different between the standard of living and the standard of life. Our standard of life is written with our bhakti. We can have glorious standard of living, but there is of no greatness, is what we saw. Unless there is a standard of life. And the standard of life is, Prabhupada told us how we have a standard of life. Simple living, high thinking. Live simply. No. Don't worry about even having an aquarium bed. Don't even have a bed to start with. <laughs> sleep on the floor. Just take a mattress you know, and sleep on the floor. And, you know, and, your, and your sleep will be peaceful. Don't need to. Don't tell it as high. Because they are accustomed to this. So simple living. Don't even have a pillow in the no, Just put your hand as, as your pillow. Very, very simple living. But high thinking. But what the modern household life is about not simple living, but simply living. Is again not the difference, yeah? Prabhupada said simple living. It is a simply living. Simply living is the standard of living. Just, just very, very you know, high standard of living. So high that literally you go to the, uh, the 108 stories, that the biggest tower in Melbourne, uh, on uh, City Road, the new one. 108 stories. What is it called? The Melbourne Tower now? Yeah, the, the southern star, the one in Bay, uh, Melbourne City Road. Previously it was, in my time there was uh, the, the, before my time there was another Rio Tugawa, that was our time. Then for the next generation it was Rio Tugawa, now there is, I think it's called Melbourne Tower. And then I was reading recently, the reason I know is because when I was working in my old job, this was, uh, I could see the construction of this building, right from underground, coming all the way up. So I saw a few almost like the 60th story, and then I moved office, and then of course lockdown. So anyway, so I was recently reading that in fact building, now there is uh, clicking sound coming. My goodness, imagine being on hundred stories and there is clicking sound coming because the building is designed for earthquake proof, yeah, this is the tall building. So the building sways literally. Apparently they said that at the top the building can sway one meter this way, one meter this way in wind. I really don't understand how it works. It's science this architectural sounding science is behind me. But it's like something the building stores and you don't feel. Uh, and of course we are used to it because when we go in the lifts, we don't feel the lift is coming up, ten stories, but the lift is coming up. You know, so that motion that you don't feel, or like sitting in an airplane when it's going a thousand kilometers per hour, you don't feel that the airplane is moving. You feel that the cloud is moving, but the airplane is stagnant. So like the building sways and you don't feel it. So anyway, with the sway of the building, they are saying that they are picking sounds on you. And you can't do much about it because what the builders are doing these days apparently, they are using cheap materials and 
know, to make things more cheaper and more quicker. And the regulation is not brought up, blah, blah, blah. So something like that, yeah? And things will be achieved. So the standard of living is so high that it's literally living high as well, even the clouds. But the standard of life is, you know, not as well, the devotional respects that we know. So that's Vidurabhya Sarishin Mahatma. Vidurabhya's Maitreya Muni, the same thing. Chukhaya Karma Ki Karoti Loko Nate Sukham Vanya Dupamama Vendeta Goyasthade Vadukham Yadetra Yuktam Bhagavan Vadenama Chukhaya Karma Ki Karoti Loko Everybody is looking for happiness, Chukhaya Karma Ki Karoti Loko Nate Sukham Vanya Dupamama But they are not getting happiness, Nate Sukham Vendeta Goyam Yadetra Yadetra Yuktam Yadetra Bhagavan Vadenama Hey Bhagavan, hey Maitreya Muni, is there any solution to this? And then we see the famous verse from Ekre Mulyani, Tendudri, Shashadadhana Seya Vivaradamana, Virakkimanamitra Kaloti Pucham, Haripadana Shriti Nirvitasya, Samastadukhapaya Mashudhate. So, when we take the lotus, when we take the shelter of the lotus feet of the Lord, then Samastadukhapaya Mashudhate. Then all our miseries can go away. We can fix our standard of life. So our focus is to be on our standard of life by taking the shelter of the Lord, in association with the devotees, hearing Krishna Katha, then our problems start coming away. Otherwise, we are like the crocodile, which could be very powerful, but we are out of the water, and therefore we become powerless. So I will stop there. I just want to briefly mention that I think today there are three you know, key things mentioned on our Vaishnava calendar. So today is Guru Purnima, the auspicious day of. Appreciating our spiritual masters and setting the children of Gopal. So, I'd like to remember our spiritual masters. And today is the disappearance day of Shri Rasvanda and Goswami. Turning this passion. So, anyway, there is today disappearance day. And we know the glories of the six Goswamis of Vindavan. And today also marks the first day of the beginning of the Jyotur Master. So, first month of the four months. And only one side. Special one side. So, today is the fasting for those who are. Particularly in heart, who are all these things, and today is the fasting, today marks the beginning of the fasting from Great Relief Festivals. Now, I'm going to leave about fasting from Great Relief and Yoga, you know, to the senior devotees. I think we all have various aspects about this. What did Shulagopal exactly say about this? I confess that I don't know. So, better to listen from some senior devotees and take guidance from them what to fast and what not to fast, how much to fast and how much not to fast. But what we can do, and that part I can speak on, is definitely do more of Krishna consciousness. No? Whatever we did yesterday, let's try to do little bit extra today, because today is the beginning of the moments. And then whatever we do today, when it comes tomorrow when we wake up, let's all do little bit extra tomorrow. No? So that way we can always, no, little extra. So literally when we wake up, we can recollect what did we do yesterday about Okay, so what is one thing extra that we will do today? Which could be extra rounds, extra series, extra reading, one more base to memorize, little bit more vocal to the board, association to something, something extra we do, and then we keep doing extra and extra for the four months, then uh, there is our gradual purification of and intensification of Krishna consciousness. What not to do, what not to fast from, and all those things, I'm not an expert on that, so I'm saying With that, I'll stop. I can take one or two questions and corrections and comments if there is any. So to remain about the young couple, young family. Somebody was your name. So why is it? So the question from 
dermatologist, you know, what can you can you talk about what was mentioned? Why low? Why young couple? Why not old couple? Yeah. So I have to listen. <laughs> and we are talking about this in Tamil all the branch is you know, you know, but very difficult for the for the benefit of the racial audience. I did some research on this because that was my inherent question as well, why young couples? Because all the couples, you know, generally three hundred are attached to each other. And then I found the answer. It is said young couples because young couples have less responsibility compared to the elder couples. So when we get married, for those of us who are married, in the beginning, before marriage, if it's a love marriage, then it's all hunky-dory, no? The boy and the girl are just completely attached to each other, nothing, no? They will leave their parents if, it, if anybody comes in between them. No, I'll leave my house and run away, so they will uh, uh, threaten their parents, they'll just, they'll just want to be together. And once they get married, in the initial days, it's all romance, no? no not much responsibilities. Because you know, the beginning, you know, this life is good, just do it. So all romance. But that is in the young days. But when the kids come, when the children are born, then life changes completely. Then the romance disappears. They have to make effort to make marriage life more romantic. Otherwise the romance disappears. Because all the focus starts coming on the uptake of and the upbringing of the children. Right from the beginning, the moment the child is born, until you know, the child is married and after even that, the mother and the father are always anxious about the child. And I'm speaking from my own realization, trust me. No, there's so much effort that goes into looking after them and when they are toddlers, babies and toddlers, that you pray to the Lord that, oh my Lord, when will my child become nine, eight, nine, ten years old so that I don't have to worry about him at every single step? Because at the moment, if I go somewhere, he'll come. If, if you do something, he'll do it. If you want to sleep, you can't until he's sleeping or she's sleeping. So every moment is going on just with the child. No? But when the, so you pray intentionally with the Lord that when my child becomes 8, 9, 10 years, teenager, I'll become blissful because all the problems will be solved. And when the child becomes a teenager, then your problem, then your, your prayer intensifies to the Lord. <laughs> oh my Lord, problem has taken another train now. There is more problems. Why can't the child become smaller again? Because that problem is better than this problem. I'm not saying children are bad, right? don't get me wrong, children are beautiful. But this is a phase that everybody goes through. And perhaps some of us may have been naughty as well to our own parents. So like that, life just goes boomy at any point in time. So but anyway, back to your back to the point. When the couple is young, less responsibilities, less problems. And then as the marriage grows, marriage life grows and the time grows. Families come, then neurons start coming, then the child starts coming, then the child's husband, child's relation, child's wife, child's child will come. So all these problems will come. So at the beginning, the young people may think they are great because you know, they are careless about everything else. But here we see that their greatness is of no value unless it is connected with the Lord. Otherwise, having less problems uh, in Vedanta in life itself is of, is of no value. Nothing, problems is of no value, rather, no problems are of no value. It is all useless, something that is connected with the project. So, we'll pass it here. Now, touch me, Mahavadam, Jesus, Shri Prabhupada, Jai.